Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello everyone, Dusty Porter here. Welcome to the 128th episode of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where each and every week here on Wednesday, or midweek, depending on what's going on in my life, I release an episode where I interview a fantastic YouTube and online video creator and talk with them about their journey, their strategy to help them get to where they are in today's time. So with that being said, if you are a new listener, don't forget to go over to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, wherever you consume your podcasting content, hit that subscribe button. That way, every time we release a new episode here on the podcast feed, you will be notified. If you would, once you've listened to a few episodes, go on over there, leave us a review, whether it be positive or negative. I always want to know what people really think of the show so we can always improve what we do here. This show is brought to you by the fine folks over at TubeBuddy. Another month is beginning and yet another month of support from the fine folks over at TubeBuddy. It is the tool, the browser plugin, the mobile app that I use use on a consistent and daily basis to make my YouTube life so much easier. Check out the link in the show notes for more. Uh, this show is also brought to you by you guys. That's right, the fans. We have a Patreon page that actually, if you support us with as little as a dollar, you get access to the private creator Discord, where each and every week and every single day, there's new and fun conversations being had over there about YouTube thumbnails, about YouTube algorithm, about YouTube branding, about anything you can think online video. It's the place to go. It's a very tight-knit community. They have supported me for a long time. I'd like to give a shout-out to Keegan L, Josh S, and Jose Ramos, as they are the newest patrons this week of the show. You can see that link in the show notes if that is something that would interest you as well. Uh, wow, what a conversation that I had this week. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the uh, the talk today. And if you need a little teaser, this is something they do in radio all the time. Back when I used to do radio in college, uh, they would tease the, the, the people listening <laughs> before the show would even start. And so I'm going to do that with you today. The guest that I had on today is averaging, averaging $15,000 a month, not on YouTube, but on Patreon. Not with over 100,000 subscribers, but with 20 or 30,000 less than that. And so if that doesn't intrigue you, then please, please, what are you, what are you doing? Come on, just stick around get a drink, put those earbuds in, go for a run, uh, do some chores around the house. It's only going to be about 25, 27 minutes of your time. And I think you're going to find some super value in today's conversation. So I'm going to quit jabbering and I'm going to get into this week's conversation. Talk to you later. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's conversation of the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. I am really excited about this one. I've uh, done a lot of research on this one. I have uh, done even more reconnaissance on this guest than normal because of what he's doing on the internet. Uh, but I'm joined today by Rob Sesternino. Uh, he is the People's Choice Podcast award-winning host of Rob Has a Podcast. He talks about shows like Survivor and Big Brother. Rob's podcasts are released each weekday and routinely are at the top of the iTunes charts. And coming from another podcaster, I know how difficult that can be. In addition to over 45,000 subscribers over on YouTube, he's built up a following of over 2,000 patrons over on his Patreon campaign. Now, the last time I checked, it was over like 21 or 2,200. And again, that could be different. Again, that all kind of varies in, in different uh, different days could be different. So, Rob, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great, Dusty. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Absolutely. And as you can probably tell uh, from his uh, fantastic quality of his audio, he does podcast daily, as do I. And A so lot. this is going to be an awesome show. I'm super excited about diving into how you have managed to monetize your content, not just your podcast, but your video content as well, how you live stream your podcast over to YouTube. We've got so much to talk about, but I'm going to pump the brakes for a bit, Rob. And what I want us to do now in the beginning of this episode is I want you to let my audience know who you are and how did you get to where you are now? Now and creating the content that you are. Sure. So my entire life, I was uh, such a big fan of game shows, and I watched them from when I was a little kid. And back around 2000, when the show Survivor first came on the air, I really fell in love because that was like the ultimate game show. These people living on an island. And I became super obsessed with shows like that. And then after that, Big Brother as well. And I decided like I need to go and be on one of these shows and I actually was back in 2003 I went to go play on Survivor and I had uh, you know the time of my life and when uh, that experience ended I ended up uh, moving from my home on Long Island uh, and you know away from uh, my family and everything and I moved out to uh, Los Angeles because I really wanted to work in production. And so I got to start working in production and I started working on uh, a lot of uh, YouTube content really in the very early days of YouTube and uh, when I reached a point when uh, work was uh, very hard to find, I ended up going back to my love of Survivor and started uh, podcasting back in 2010, just hoping somebody would find my podcast and like, uh, you know, want to give me a job because I had something going on, really not even with any sort of thoughts about, okay, well, one day I'll podcast full time. And, and that was eight years ago. So there are so many different directions we can take this conversation, but I kind of want to start out with you are a podcaster by trade, but you also have such good quality of video over on your YouTube channel. And you can tell that you are kind of juggling both and, and, and you really think that video is a great way to push your audio content and vice versa. So if you would maybe talk about the benefits of having a podcast as a YouTuber and then vice versa of having a YouTube channel as a person who hosts numerous podcasts. Yeah, I've really been trying for years to, you know, include the video element because, look, there are people that want to listen to the podcast and they're uh, they're commuting and they're washing the dishes and they can't watch the show. But I also love the idea of being live and being able to be interactive with the audience that's there. And you aren't able to do that as much with the podcast. So I've been, uh, you know, continually adding to what I have here in my studio and we do a lot of coverage of television shows. And so what's great about that is, you know, a lot of people watch them at the same time. Some people, you know, watch them on a DVR, but there are still a lot of people that watch TV shows live. So we have an opportunity to come on and sort of act like an after show for different TV shows that we cover. And so it's very important to me to try to be live and then be able to take feedback and questions and be able to talk about what just happened and incorporate social media. So uh, I've been really building out my setup here in the studio and getting more and more involved with, uh, you know, doing more live streaming. We used to do Google Hangouts for probably about four or five years, but now I have a, you know, more advanced setup where I'm using OBS and streaming to a number of different platforms, uh, including uh, YouTube is the, the biggest audience that we have, but also to Twitch and to Periscope. 
uh, and to Facebook Live as well. Yeah, and as I was kind of just browsing through your channel, you, I can see how you have definitely kind of upped the game when it comes to streaming. And it is kind of like an after show that you would see. Like, I know my wife has watched The Bachelor before, and they have the mm-hmm. after shows you know, afterwards, and you guys do a really good job. You normally bring a guest on, and you talk about different things. And obviously with, with the quality of your audio and your video, it does look very much professionally made. And so uh, for that, kudos, my friend. Um, I, 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 I do want to talk about the growth of your YouTube channel, though. Obviously, the podcasts are kind of your mainstay, and then we're going to kind of dive into the Patreon thing and how you're monetizing this. But the growth of the YouTube channel, obviously, you you see benefit in in doing video content. And so I want you to talk maybe briefly on a couple of things that you've learned over the past few years producing video, whether it be live content or even uh, videos that you're just uploading normally to your channel. So... Uh, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the, uh, obviously audio and video is, is very different where, you know, the monetization on YouTube, uh, you know, can come from doing the, uh, you know, ad insertion either before the video or during the video. And that's actually, you know, a lot different than how you would monetize a podcast. But the nice thing about doing it this way is that you're able to do both. And so, for instance, if I have a an ad that I am going to do in the podcast, uh, where you know that that comes from my podcasting network, I may not necessarily even uh, read the ad on the live show because it's just a, a different method of monetization. And so, where you know there's so much discovery that happens on uh, YouTube, and it's not really the same way that it works in uh, podcasting. And I, and I could drill down in any uh, you know area that you want to uh, focus on. The the one question that I really like to ask, and I want to save the monetization talk because I think that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about today because I get emails on a weekly basis of, well, I want to use Patreon. I want to use the crowdfunding that is out there for me now on the internet, but I just don't know how. So I definitely think that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about. But I do want to ask you this. What is something that you wish someone would have told you when you first started out on YouTube? Like, what's that one thing that you look back at now and you're like, man, if I just knew that when I started, this would just, this thing would have t- taken off so much faster oh boy um i you know i, I don't know if i have uh, one thing i'm sorry i don't have a, gr- a great answer uh to that but uh, i i just you know have put more and more stuff on there and then you know uh it's hard to really know uh you know what sticks and and what doesn't to the uh the youtube channel but uh late I, i'm really trying to get into the model of putting you know almost anything i'm recording into uh, YouTube where people can, you know, uh, watch the live show if they choose. And do you do all of the visual branding yourself or do you hire someone out to do that? And how important do you think that stuff is? So you're you're talking about in terms of like the actual uh, video or on the graphics on the channel? So all of the graphics, the way your channel looks, all of the different artwork for like your podcasting and thumbnails and things Mm -hmm. like that. Are you doing all that in-house or are you hiring out for that? So I have a graphic designer that I use for the elements of my website and all of my social media channels, but I have not done as much with the uh, thumbnails as as we could. I, I have uh, a editor who works on uh, posting a lot of my podcasts, and uh, he'll create the thumbnail image for 
the website. So uh, he does he does a lot of it, but we have not done a lot of like a you know super specialized uh, thumbnails for YouTube. But uh, that would be a you know a, a good step on a video if uh, we had something that was really uh, popping. But we do so much content, it's hard to, to you know and and. Unlike probably a lot of the other stuff that that you might create, uh, it, it's not always evergreen. It's like very hot for a couple days, hmm. and then new stuff happens. So talk about that for a minute, because I do talk to a lot of evergreen creators. The content on my channel, uh, you know, I have upwards of two hundred and twenty thousand subscribers, but obviously a very minuscule portion of those people actually watch my videos uh, because I am a search-based channel. I want my content to be good for years. Seeing that you're com completely opposite of that in that it's very relevant it's very trending uh what are the 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 pros and cons of that type of content and how hard is it as a creator to keep up well it's hard i mean it's almost like you know news or sports where um it's the same sort of thing where people want to talk about whatever just happened and so on some of the shows I cover, like Survivor, you know, we'll do content and it's, you know, for a week, you know, it's just as good as the as the day it came out. On a show like Big Brother, which is on multiple times per week and then there's the live feeds, it's kind of, uh, you know, always changing what's going on. You know, uh, a lot of people want to be there live and want to be there to see what we're talking about at the moment. But, you know, a show from two weeks ago, unless there's a guest that is somebody who's really, you know, hard to find. It's uh, not always going to be uh, super uh, uh, relevant, but I mean, it's just uh, that's the, that's the subject matter that we cover. So there's not too much that we can do with it. I mean, the good news is that then the audience knows that, hey, if I don't listen to this now, it's going to uh, be, you know, uh, something that's out of date in two days. So I need to you know hurry up and listen to this so I can you know be there for the next show. Absolutely. And I, I know that I've I work and consult with a couple of creators who uh, one of them in particular does sports and, you know, does live, you know, sports for their podcast and their YouTube channel. And it's really difficult because of the, the, the big media. And obviously that that gap is shrinking, but it's real difficult for them to kind of stay uh, relevant in the fact of unless you're creating and pumping out a ton of content. And obviously it looks like you are, Rob. So for you, that's kind of something that you're kind of combating with the amount of content and the ability to to go live when something is relevant and something is still on people's mind. Um, I do want to transition now into talking about what I really wanted to kind of dive into a little deeper with you, and that's that out of all the guests I've had, as far as I know, you have the largest Patreon campaign. You obviously are a big supporter uh, of uh, Patreon and what they're doing over there, and so I want to talk with you now about how you're monetizing your content, and uh, you know, it says now you're just under that 2,300 Patreon mark you're just at 2299 mm -hmm. uh someone's listening to this and likes what you're doing go on over there and uh, get him over that hump for sure uh but rob let's talk about patreon for a minute yeah. and, how, and how it has changed your life yeah well just to you know tie the two things we're talking about uh together you know in terms of what it is that i do you know it certainly is you know uh niche content in that there are not a lot of people that necessarily serve the audience of people who are, you know, uh, fanatical, uh, you know, p consumers of wanting to talk about what's happening on these types of shows. And I think that what I have strived to do over these years is to bring in the best guests and the best people that are out there and the most entertaining commentators on this subject matter. And then 
I want to overserve that audience as much as possible. And, uh, you know, that it's great for people that are watching the videos. But, you know, there is a, uh, you know, a finite amount of people that are out there that want to consume after show content for these types of shows. So I, I realize that I'm never going to make a video that's going to do a million views on YouTube. But that's where the beauty of something like uh, Patreon comes in, where if I can, you know, overserve this audience that really loves my content, uh, that, you know, I'm able to get them so excited about the content that they want to, you know, thank me and, you know, uh, become even uh, more involved with this community that I'm building. That's such a, a great way for me to, uh, you know, uh, entice people to potentially uh, becoming patrons of mine. So I think the beauty, and, and I want you to expound upon the comment that I'm about to make, the beauty of Patreon, and, and I found this at a very much a smaller scale than you for this particular podcast, is that you can take a small group of fans and they can support a creator in a very large way. Because mm -hmm. people don't understand that once, you know, you know, a thousand people or 500 people per se supporting a show at five dollars a piece. I mean, you do the math. I mean, that's not, you know, you're not getting rich or anything, but that's a very good sum of money. And yeah. it's much better than, say, what you probably would be getting with the same amount of, of interaction on YouTube via AdSense or ad revenue. And so I now want to break that down. You, you've made a good point about being able to take a smaller niche or group of people, having an even smaller amount of that group of people decide to support you. Because let's be honest, you have more people than 2,300 people consuming your content on a daily basis. But it's only going to be a very, very minute amount of people d d dedicated enough to support you monetarily. And so with that being said, let's talk about the platform that is Patreon, that is crowdfunding. And let's talk about why you think, Rob, you've had the success you have had because you definitely are in the upper percentile of people mm -hmm. getting money on the platform. Well, I was an early adopter on Patreon that I was uh, reached out to five years ago by somebody who worked at Patreon. And uh, this person contacted me and said, hey, you know, I'm a fan of Big Brother and I like your podcast. You know, I got this thing going on a Patreon and you should give it a shot. I'm like, well, I don't want to charge people for listening to my podcast. I want it to be free and I don't, I don't want people to have to pay for it. And he was like, no, well, that's not really how it works. And to uh, check it out. And, you know, as luck would have it at the end of that year, I ended up getting laid off from the job that I had. And I was making some money from my YouTube channel and from ads on my website and from uh, my Amazon affiliate account. But I had uh, just had my uh, first son was born that year and I was making a little bit of money from a podcast, but definitely not enough to be able to allow me to focus on doing this full time. And so I had been, you know, three or four years into doing the podcast. And so I said, OK, well, now my back is kind of against the wall. I kind of have to figure this out. So let me give this Patreon thing a try. And I in the most sheepish of ways, I announced it on my podcast that I wanted to try to do the show full time. And this is what I was going to attempt to do on this thing called Patreon. And nobody had ever heard of it. Like this was January 2014. And the audience had a uh, really overwhelmingly positive response. Like they were very enrolled in my journey of this is what I am trying to do. And I was able to, you know, uh, strike that emotional chord with the people who cared about my content and was like, well, 
first off, I want to thank you so much for all of the content that I have already gotten from you. And then I also want to make sure there is no interruption in this workflow of keeping this content coming out. So I don't want you to have to go out and get a second job. I want you in that studio making these podcasts. And so uh, there was a, you know, a lot of positive momentum in the uh, very early stages of getting my uh, Patreon started up. And then, you know, uh, from that initial momentum, you know, we did a lot of work to try to figure out what were the uh, incentives and, and what were going to be things that people wanted from us. And uh, what, what I found was, you know, that you could do swag and, and stuff like that. But I think that what people really wanted to was to feel a closer connection to me, the content creator, and then we also built up this amazing community with all of the people that were the most excited people uh, that were consuming the content, that uh, it was this uh, you know, amazing experience for everybody who came in to meet other people that also were just as excited about the content. So, I mean, I know you may not be able to answer this, but just give me an estimate of, let's say, 2,000 patrons or 20. 200 kind of what you're at now just give my audience an estimation of and, and your largest tier is $35 like what's an estimate of what you may bring in on a monthly basis on a, a monthly basis you know uh, that I'm uh, earning uh, you know upwards of $15,000 a month on patreon and okay. uh, you know we worked you know very hard to continue to uh, build that up and my YouTube channel is, you know, uh, doing, you know, very well right now. And, you know, we're doing about like a third of that on my YouTube channel right now. So Patreon is the, you know, uh, biggest driver of revenue for what I do on Rob as a podcast. And so doing the math earlier, I kind of got a number a, li a little bit closer to kind of what you just said. So I figured that was kind of what you're going to say. And so that's a very large number. People hearing that may think to themselves, oh, I will never get there. Uh, but obviously it didn't start there. And obviously an extra two, three, four thousand $4,000 a month for people will be huge, especially creators. And obviously, Rob, you and I, we, we've started there and we've kind of grown that. And so let's talk about the creation of the Patreon and just kind of some some kind of let's let's kind of bear it, get down to the details of what you think has made your Patreon campaign successful. And what I mean by that that is that what are some things that you've done with your tiers? Uh, what are some things that you've done with the body and the content of kind of how you explain what your Patreon campaign is? And just give my audience a couple of tips if they're thinking about starting a Patreon campaign of what they can do uh, out of the gate to help them kind of start on the right foot. Sure. I, I was very fortunate when I first started my uh, Patreon. You know, I had a lot of people that were excited about what I was doing, but I didn't really know what I was doing. I, again, I was, uh, you know, uh, very nervous about asking people for any sort of financial contribution. And I ended up uh, meeting a woman named Angie Kantz, who had a background in doing a, a lot of work with charities and setting up sort of uh, recurring donations for different charities. And one of the things that she had uh, taught me early on was to, you know, uh, have some sort of a minimum ask that you are going to be giving to people and sort of like a recommended minimum which on Patreon, people could come in and somebody could, you know, be a patron of yours for a penny. They may not get anything, but they could do that. But we came in that we wanted to ask people for 
five dollars uh, to start, and then we started to map what would be the different incentives that you could give to people who wanted to come in. And I find that the best thing to try to foster is to have some sort of exclusive community for the people that are your patrons who are coming in so that they could come to you and then they're sort of like inside the velvet rope now and they have access to both you in some fashion and each other in your patron or you know VIP community that you are trying to foster. So it seems to me like you are providing a more intimate relationship with you as far as like, you know, one-on-one Skype calls. You're doing all-access passes for your larger patrons. And just to break down, like, what is the percentage of people who are giving the $5 a month mm-hmm. and then upwards of the larger tiers like 25 and 35 What is the percentage of people? And has it shocked you uh, with the amount of people who are willing to, to give 25 and $35? So that, you know, as you would expect, there are more people at the lower levels than there are at the higher levels. But, you know, there are economies of scale and you need to really be smart about that when you are building your uh, Patreon, because it's one thing to be able to, you know, promise the world to people and say, like, hey, be my patron and for ten dollars you'll get blah, 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 blah. And then it's another thing to have to deliver on that because it's one thing to get patrons and it's another thing to keep patrons. And, you know, people do get upset if you have, you know, made an offer to them that if you are a patron at a certain level, then you need to be able to, you know, uh, provide them with, you know, make them feel good about that they're giving you five dollars, ten dollars, twenty five dollars a month. And so in, in those economies of scale, what, what I find is that for people that are at the lower levels, what I like to do is provide them with access to patron only content, which is something that me as a as a creator, mm-hmm. I can do and just record once and then they have access to it at these lower levels. And then they also will have access to different aspects of the community. Uh, we have a very active uh, patron Facebook group. Uh, we also, uh, I, I know you guys have a, uh, a Discord uh, as well. And so I, I think that that is something that is just, that it's a kind of turnkey of once you have it set up, then people who come in as a patron, they have access to, uh, to that thing. They're having access to more of you, but I reserve the you know, one-on-one type interactions for the higher levels because there wouldn't be any time left for me to actually create the content that I need to make for the show. It it really is a balance, right? And that's something that I'm still working on with my Patreon campaign. The Discord has been fantastic because what I found is that, and maybe Rob, you can kind of back me up here, is that once you create a, a community like on Discord or via Skype or that private Patreon community, the community kind of runs itself because these people will, they, they, they're really just looking for a place where they can call home that like in my case, they can talk about YouTube with other YouTubers. And right. so the Discord channel has been an escape for a lot of these people in that, you know, they want me to create awesome content and podcasts and videos, which is what I'm doing. And the most avid of my fan base are in Discord because they're supporting me on Patreon. And every day there is a great conversation going on there. And I'm really not too much of a part of the conversation daily because of the amount of work that I've got to do to produce the content. And so I think that that's a really cool way uh, of doing it. And do you, do you have anything to kind of add there as far as the, just the community kind of running itself once you get it set up? 
Yeah, it's really amazing because, you know, you bring in all these people who are, you know, de facto strangers and people end up making these great relationships and, you know, uh, friendships and, you know, in, you know, uh, something that is, you know, uh, professional like what you're doing, you know, it basically functions as like a, you know, mastermind type group where everybody can come together and, you know, there are a lot of people with the uh, same likes and and purpose hopefully and so it's a uh, you know great networking tool for people as well yeah no could not agree more um so let's talk about your your best thing that you've done as far as your patreon campaign goes and your biggest mistake so what's the thing that you've done that has made the biggest difference and then the thing that you've done that you look back now and you're like oh my goodness i should never do that if you start a patreon campaign do not do this so I think one of the best things that I've done has been to uh, when I have done content that is, uh, you know, uh, above and beyond uh, in, uh, you know, what, what people were expecting. That's when I find that people have, you know, the you know best response to, you know, when, when you have just d- provided the audience amazing content. I feel like that that is the uh, best time to do your uh, patron ask. I like, uh, you know, I find that there are a lot of people who are new to Patreon and, you know, they spend, you know, uh, way too much, way too much time talking about Patreon and not enough time of providing content mm-hmm. for the audience. So you need to, you know, uh, find that right balance. Uh, the, the one thing, the time that I that I probably had the most successful run on my Patreon was uh, at the time that I created a new video. I spent a lot of time working with a a director that I hired and I had him follow me around for a day and talked about why I do the, you know, why I do Patreon and, and, and my passion for what it is that I create and, you know, how Patreon helps me continue to do that. And it was great because I was able to create a amazing piece of content and I was also able to share it with um, my audience. And I found that there were people who were sharing my basically promo for my Patreon because it made them feel good about the uh, like, uh, hey, this is why I support uh, Rob has a podcast and this is why uh, or check out this amazing video that Rob just made. So it was great to be able to marry those two things of the amazing content and then also that function as promotion for uh, what for what I was doing. And then um, in, in terms of uh, mistakes that I've made, I, I feel like that really uh, er, very early on I, that I, I, I made a, you know, a major miscalculation in terms of like uh, you can do Patreon by the uh, piece of content or a, as a uh, monthly contribution. And I had thought, OK, well, let me uh, I'll, I'll just I'll, I had this idea of that pay, uh, Patreon would be like a jukebox and just put in like 25 cents for a podcast. And so uh, that I, you know, I make like 27 podcasts in a month and people were getting uh, frustrated. It's like, I, I don't know what I'm paying you uh, that this is uh, this doesn't make any sense. And so I find that for people who pr- uh, create a lot of content. I think that that model of going with a monthly Patreon account is better than something where, okay, well, I'm going to you know, pay you a uh, dollar per piece of content. Yeah, I had that difficulty as well when in the beginning, you know, I would do, you know, sometimes upwards of four, six, seven podcasts a month, depending on kind of the guests that I had on. And people were like you, they were kind of uh, uncons- you know, inconsistent of, of what the monthly fee would be. People like to know how much they're paying and what they're getting with, with that. And so, 
the last question I have for you is the implementation of video within your actual campaign of your, of Patreon. How important is it that you have that opening video there at the top of your Patreon campaign? And then obviously on top of that, uh, I found it to be very beneficial to have a thank you video that goes yes. behind the scenes, letting people know they're seeing my face, they're hearing my voice, telling them not through an email, not through a Patreon post, not through a Discord message, but thank you from the bottom of my heart. You do not have to give me money, but you are because you want to support what I'm doing and I want to give you value for your money. So how important is that, that we uh, produce those videos, put them on our campaigns to help our campaign grow and, and stay established? So I do think that the intro video is very important for a number of reasons that one, it is really like a presentation piece that you can use to market your Patreon and that can exist off of Patreon as well. So that if you have the uh, right search terms there, that it could uh, exist on your, your YouTube channel and then people may uh, stumble across it or you could also share that on social media as you know, if you've done a great job with the piece of content it also gives somebody who's surfing Patreon or happens to stumble across the page uh, something to look at. You could also promote that on a podcast like, hey, go to my Patreon to check out a video about that, you know, that I created for, uh, you know, if you're considering something like that. And then as far as a thank you, you know, I think that pro people probably, you know, uh, might become a patron. And like, oh, I don't know if this is a good idea. And they might have, uh, you know, a, uh, you know, a second of buyer's remorse. And then all of a sudden they hear your voice. And they see Dusty and you're telling them like, hey, like, uh, you know, this was a great move. And they're like, OK, good. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and, and they feel better. It's a personal touch. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's something that's, you know, very easy to do. I think I recorded mine uh, with with my phone. And, you know, I keep saying it's something that I want to, uh, you know, create a, uh, a more high end one. But I think people are just happy to happy to hear from you. And it's a it's an that it's something that is not advertised. And this is a great thing about, you know, uh, Patreon in general, so that doing something for the people in your community that is not advertised, that they are not expecting. It's just a nice little touch that makes them feel good about their initial decision to want to be a supporter of yours. Well, Rob, this has been amazing. I feel like I need to have you on again um, for part two because I feel like there's so many more things I want to ask you, but I do like to keep the show around 30 minutes or yeah, a little, anytime, little, a little over. So I will reach out to you again. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm into, you know, some TV shows. And uh, if you ever need anyone to guest on one of your shows to chat about, say, some uh, Marvel movies or some, so, some things like that, I'm always, uh, always available. You just uh, get in touch with me. I'd love to uh, jump on there and talk some, uh, some TV and movies with you. That'd be a lot of fun. Okay, um, uh, that's, yeah, that's that sounds uh, very fun. <laughs> if you would, let my audience know where they can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, so my podcast website is robhasawebsite.com. That's mm. where uh, you can access my uh, reality TV and uh, scripted podcast. And then this summer, you know, I, we uh, just launched a, uh, a site where we're starting to uh, have a lot of information and a course about how to create your Patreon and set everything up with all of the steps uh, that we learned over the years. And that's called patreonlikeapro.com. PatreonLikeAPro.com. Very easy, very simple to get to. Rob, you've been amazing. Thank you so much for dropping so much value today on the show, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks so much, Dusty. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.